got a clap offering for that this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is in the building. Amen. He's here. We don't want to miss out on that. And so we're going to sing this one more time. I know everybody in here has been through something in your life that has been tough. And the Lord brought you through it and he He brought you on the other side of it. I mean, you, you have evidence of that. Or maybe you're in the middle of something right now that you're yearning to get on the other side of. He wants you to hear the chains fall. When you say his name, when you speak his name, when you sing this song, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, those chains, they can fall away today, today, right now. Can I, is there anybody in the room? Amen. They can happen today, right now. <laughs> what it takes is just a willingness. That's all it is. There is no amount of God credits that you have to show up to church with in order for him to move in your life. So don't, let's not go there. He just says, hey. I just need you to be willing this morning to let me work on you. So let's let's sing this again. There's power in the name of Jesus. Because today, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We're going to go after some of those chains. It may be weird. It may be uncomfortable. But guess what? Hey, I want you to walk out here different than you walked in. Amen? So let's sing this. Let's give God his this morning. Go ahead on, Jared. And there is power. In the name of Jesus, and there is power in the name of Jesus, and there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. We just want to be in, in, in tune with your spirit this morning. Jesus, whatever you're doing in this moment right now, Lord, we just, we, we want to know what that is. We want the eyes of our hearts, the ears of our hearts to be open this morning. Lord, you're in this room right now. Father, you are, you are sitting in each one of these seats. Uh, you're in the corners, Lord. You're in the ceiling. You're, you're all over the place. It is, is not, uh, there's no doubt that you are here. And so, Father, when you choose to show up, when your, your spirit is present, Lord, we don't want to miss out on that. We do not want to miss out on that. And so, Lord, I, I pray that this morning you would give us direction for this morning. If you want us to continue to worship, Lord, we'll do that. If, if you want us to dive into the word, Lord, we'll do that. But God, I just pray for your word to come forth this morning. For your spirit to drive us this morning. Cultivate that right now, Father. I pray that we just submit to it right now in Jesus' name. We just say more, Lord. And we say yes, Jesus. We say more, Lord, and we say yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, 
Yes, Jesus. So I, I just feel it in my spirit right now. Um, if anybody during worship has had the Lord speak to you, uh, and you have a word, you got something that you know is for us. You know it's for the body. Now this is this is not a teaching time as much as it is. Here's what God is saying in this moment. Maybe somebody in here has that. I don't want to miss this moment because the Spirit is moving. If somebody in here has got something on them, I'm just going to ask you to come forward. And if not, that's totally okay. We swing for the fence here and sometimes we miss. It's all right. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Okay, this hit me so hard that I'm all like jittery. Um, God is saying, give me consent. He cannot, I cannot break those chains unless you let go. Just let go. You can't hold on to one end and hear them hit the ground because then you still have a hold of it. There are stubborn hearts. Let it go. Just let it go. Give me consent to help you and to love you and to make those chains break. Jesus. Father, I pray that you would bring more depth to that word. Lord, that in this moment, uh, individually and corporately, uh, you would show us how to give you consent. It's that willingness, Lord. But here's here's what we're going to do as a body. Lord, we're simply just going to pray as a body and all that's going to come from our mouth Father is just yes Lord we, we, we give it to you we give you consent we're willing I give you I give you my heart this morning I just feel like there's need, there, there needs to be some kind of response to that and so as as we continue to play uh, continue to play we're all just going to pray at one time it's going to take about 30 seconds just a concert of prayer and all we're going to lift up to the Lord is, Lord, a willing heart. I, I want you to know, Father, that my heart is willing. Now, in this moment, ladies and gentlemen, don't worry about the person next to you. Don't worry about what you sound like. The Lord just wants to hear your voice. It could be quiet. You could scream it out. It doesn't matter. Just don't miss it. But just tell the Lord, I'm willing. So I'm going to, three, two, one, we're going to start praying. We're just going to pray for about 20, 30 seconds as a, as a family, as a body. And just give him his this morning. So let's do that. Here we go. Three, two, one. Everybody just lift your voice. God is good. Amen. Let's give God a clap offering for that this morning. In Jesus name, you guys can be seated. Man, you know, a lot of times I said this the first service that um, you can prepare all week for a message, write stuff down, get my notes all straight, and then you step up on the pulpit, and the Lord's like, I want to do something different. Um, Jared, can you grab that light? I don't know if it's back there. Um, 
And so uh, I just love moments like that when the spirit moves. Amen. He's in the room. He's going to do some more stuff this morning. My dad makes fun of me because I say stuff a lot. But it's true. The Lord's going to do something. Um, and it's interesting because today's Friends Day, so welcome everyone who is here for the first time. Um, I hope you feel welcome. Uh, obviously, hopefully you've picked up on the fact that we we just, hey, we go by the Spirit. Spirit leads us. Um, and when he says move, we move. Um, but this this message this morning coincides with some of the things that I've been hearing from you guys, even in the times that you, you come in, you say hello to me, Pastor, I'm dealing with this, dealing with that. Uh, the Lord just, he orchestrates everything so perfectly. Um, this consent business that you heard from Misty Thrasher, uh, that's a big one. It's a big one. It's going to directly connect to this message in a way that I think is is very fitting. And I'm going to do the best I can, led by the Spirit, to to connect those two. Um, but before we jump into that, we have a very, very, very important announcement to make. And I kind of wanted to be the one to get in front of you guys and tell you this. Um, but inside of your bulletin, you have a insert that has a picture on it of a building. Hallelujah. <laughs> you guys know that we have been in a building campaign ever since um, basically the first of the year. Um, it's interesting that for those of you who have been with us for years and years, we are at 363 Jefferson Street. That is now uh, demolished and a hotel is going up, which one day the Lord might just give us that hotel. I say that being in a hotel right now, and I'm about to put my foot in my mouth. So with that being said, today, this Sunday was the last Sunday two years ago that we had in 363. It's been two calendar years. It's crazy. And that little insert that you have is a building that I am 95% sure. Okay, the reason why I'm telling you that 95% sure is because everything that's been going on with this building, it's, it's, a, it's been a very quick process. I wanted to be able to have something concrete to put in front of you guys so we don't do the whole carrot in front of the person, you know, and you're always chasing something. And then four weeks later, we're still in the Hilton and you're like, what up, guy? What's going on, you know? This could very well be today, our last Sunday at the Hilton. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the reason I say I'm 95% sure is because we're just working on a lease agreement. Now, this lease agreement is lease to buy, all right? It's just, you understand, this is the building that we will purchase. So I, the Lord has been so faithful through this whole thing. Um, and I wanted to be able to give you guys something and not have to call you midweek, every single one of you, and be like, look, uh, we won't be at the Hilton next week, blah, blah, blah. There is a possibility, a very small possibility, that we will be here next week, depending upon when this lease agreement gets taken care of. With that being said, our staff will be contacting everybody via email and whatever um, form of uh, communication that we have with you. So those friendship cards that you have, very important this week. Because I want to be able to tell you, don't show up at the hotel next week. <laughs> Man, something else. And I'll tell you what, this building, it's ready-made. We don't have to do anything to it. Uh, we don't have to set up any music equipment other than maybe the drums. Which, two years of that every Sunday, guys, I tell you, every single time, I'm over it. 
over it. So continue to praise God for that throughout the week. It has been quite the journey, and there's still more to come. But, uh, yeah, we're finally going to have a building. Amen? Let's give God a clap offering for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't make me get all Southern Baptist on you now. Okay, I'll do it. So, today if we can turn in our word to Nehemiah, we're continuing in Nehemiah. Uh, Three to four weeks ago when I got back off vacation, we had a chance to go through the entire chapter 9 where we saw a massive confession from these people. And for those of you who uh, don't really have a, a good grasp on the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah is used by the Lord to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. Um, we're at the place now where the wall is finished and now the government of God is being reestablished in Jerusalem. That is the very short condensed version. <laughs> There's a lot. that We have learned a lot through these first nine chapters, ten chapters. But we're at a place now where they just got read the first five books of the Bible um, by the Levites, the priests. And they're saying to themselves, okay, we got to change some things. We realize how bad we were and how good God is. And that's something about confession. You always got to be real with what you did, but at the same time, acknowledge how good God is and the fact that we're still alive. Amen? <laughs> yeah. So he brings us to a place in the word where we see that the people say, now because of that realization, we're going to make an agreement. And I brought to you guys last week a couple words um, in this 38th verse of chapter 9 that um, the word agreement and the word writing brought you those words in the in the Hebrew. Um, and that word writing in Hebrew is karath, K-A-R-A-T-H. And you got to roll that R. But it basically means to cut off. So they realize what they've done. They've gotten to a place where they say, look, Lord, we're going to make an agreement with you. The covenant, pretty much. That we're going to cut off everything that we've attached to the original promise. Now, has anybody in here ever tried to help God out in your life with your stuff? <laughs> That's it right there. You pack so many things around the original promise that you end up being on the throne of your life. These people are saying, look, we can't do that anymore because we know where that leads. So we're going to cut that off. And then we get to a place, verses 30 through 39, that brings us up to today. And we actually get to see the details of this covenant, the details of this agreement. Now, that brings me to the title of the message. And was thinking about this, thinking about it, and uh, I usually send the title of the message to our front office manager, Lindsay Easton, sitting in the back there. Um, as soon as I sent it, I was like, what are you doing? That is probably the most ridiculous title you could come up with, but I'm having a little bit of fun with it. Those of you who are here for the first time, look to the person who brought you here and say, why did you bring me to a church that the pastor is talking about whispering to animals? Y'all must be crazy. And you guys already know who you've been here. Those of you who have been here for a thousand years, I'm just like that. Just kind of off-brand. It's okay. It will all make sense because of the scripture, all right? So the gorilla whisper. Everybody heard of the dog whisper? Yeah, same thing, kind of. Well, let's just let, let's just let the scripture, let the title be what it's going to be, all right? So just trust me. Y'all trust me? I should say this. You guys trust the Jesus in me? That's a little bit better of a question. Amen. All right. So let me ask you this question. I got to set this up before we dive into these these verses. Now the the 
text for today is verses 30 through 39, but I'm going to read verses 28 and 29 again. Those are the verses we went over last Sunday. But anybody in here, have you ever failed at something over and over and over and over again to the point where you just decide to go do something else? Ever done that in your life? Man, I'm just not good at this. I'm just going to go do something else because it'll make me feel good. Because <laughs> I'm sick of failing. Uh, very surface level analogies here. I am not good at the game of soccer. Just not. There's probably some people in here who love the game of soccer. I'm looking at a few of you guys. You say it's football. Real football is played with pigskin, okay, in between the lines. <laughs> Now I'm going to get disowned as a pastor after that. But I'm just not good at it. So when I was young, I tried and I tried and I tried. And I was just like, I'm not having that much fun with this. So I'm just going to go do something else. I went and played football. Because it was easy. I could just do it. I was good at it, right? I left the thing that I wasn't good at to go do the thing that I was good at. Same thing. Here's another, you know, me being vulnerable. That guy, some of you guys know because... See you guys at the gym. I invited some people from the gym, you know, Friends Day. Uh, I hate working out my legs. Absolutely hate it. It's because it doesn't feel good, all right? College football will do some things to you, all right? So when I walk in the gym, I want to have fun. I want to do things that it's, it's just fun to do curls all day and get on the bench press, you know what I'm saying? But squatting stuff, not going to do it. Just not going to do it. And I, I do other things, alternative things, okay, to get that done. But my best friend Beck over here, he could squat a bus if he wanted to. Boy's got like tree trunks, you know. I'm operating with twigs. <laughs> Nonetheless, it's created this thing in me where I just, I don't want to do what doesn't feel good. All right? We grow up in such a uh, society of, of a feel-good mentality with Everything. Everything. I want to be real with you guys this morning. You get bombarded with it every day. You do. And what it does is it it permeates into other parts of our lives. It may permeate to your relationship or friendships or I'm going to go down the list here. Permeate into the church where we get away from the things that maybe may cause friction, even though friction creates traction. Traction creates movement and momentum. We get away from the things that, oh, that really doesn't feel good. So let me step over here and let me just preach all the feel-good messages. Right? We don't do that here at ESS. We preach from Genesis to Revelation, every word, every line, precept upon precept, all of it. Now, if I wanted to see these seats full of people, let me just preach the good stuff. All right? But I hope this is a place you come where you get convicted by the word, not by the personality, but by the word. Amen. So it's permeated into the into the church. It's also permeated into our ministries. That is a ministry leader. I feel like I'm called to something and I'm trying to do what I'm doing, trying to do what the Lord is asking me to do. And it just gets hard. And let me let me make it easier for you in this one statement. People are messy. Okay, people are just messy. It's going to be messy. So just kind of like deal with it. (laughs) It's going to be messy. But that causes me because it doesn't feel comfortable to talk to somebody about their stuff and really get down into the muck with them to kind of just avoid them 
And then what happens on a Sunday morning? We got clicks. We got, hey, how you doing? I didn't expect you to really answer my question. Oh, my goodness. Now I have to sit and listen. <laughs> it's like, hey, don't ask the question if you're not ready for the response. Be real about it. Amen? Amen. Now, I already touched on this. It's it's in a, on a corporate level, maybe on an in- individual level, this feel-good mentality has uh, permeated into how we see God's word. Um, and you can see that in the uh, homosexual agenda, in the... Um, yeah, I'll just stick with that one. That we're just supposed to love everybody. Okay? It's all about love. Love love wins in the end. Love conquers all. There is such a thing as tough love, ladies and gentlemen. There is such a thing. Let me just say this. We have no idea what love is. The extent and the depth of who and what love is. If all we are saying as a nation is we just have to love everybody. People say that. I hear it on, on the TV and I'm just like, man, y'all have no clue. But guess who's supposed to tell them? Guess who's supposed to show them? We are. And it's not always fun. It doesn't always feel good. But guess what? We got to go do it. Amen? Yeah. And this last one hits me in the face. Permeated into my calling. The calling that he's placed on our lives. When you're operating in your calling, yet you feel you're failing in it. Over and over and over and over again. Do you then just go do something else? Man, you know what? It doesn't feel good. The season that we've been in. um, In the summertime. People leave. People go on vacation. Not a whole lot of people going to church on a Sunday morning. Uh, It doesn't feel good as a pastor to start first service with three people in the audience. (laughs) But does that make me then want to go do something else? Is that failure? Do I chalk that up as a failure? Man, do I let that permeate into my calling when you're going to get pulled through the eye of the needle when it comes to your calling? You're going to. To attach this feel-good mentality to it is to set yourself up for failure. Just to set yourself up. So I'm letting you guys know, hey, it's going to be tough. But it's going to be fruitful. Oh, it's going to be so fruitful. You want to know why it's going to be fruitful? Take a chance and just look around the room. You may not know all of these people, but this is the family you get to do it with. That's why it's fruitful. You don't have to do this on your own. Amen? Hallelujah. Hopefully some of y'all ain't falling asleep yet. So this calling, this, this operating, do you then go just do something else? See, this could go two directions. The first... Pretty obvious. You could press in. You could grow. You could get stretched. I already said it. You could get pulled through the eye of the needle. There's nothing in this world that the Lord will let you go through that you can't handle. Great statement. And that statement comes from 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And I'm going to read it. Because I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to take God's word for it. Not a whole lot of amens on that one. So scripture says this, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. See, we have to have the correct view of that scripture. People have told me before, hey, man, ain't nothing you can do uh, 
there's no temptation that you can't overcome because God made you, uh, he made you able to overcome it, right? Well, we take this, that statement, and it's almost like I use this analogy a lot. I'm in this situation, and I say, God, you made me able to do this, so I'm going to take this chair, I'm going to put it over here, I'm going to ask you to sit in it, and then I'm going to come back over here to my situation and try to mess with it myself while you sit over there and just tap your, your foot and wait for me to ask you to come and help me out. See, the only reason you are able to do and take on anything is because of Jesus. He's not asking you to do it by himself. He's asking you to do it with him. So please hear me when I say, I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, good. The Lord will take you through things because he wants to walk through them, or uh, walk with you through them. It's all because of him. And this is a day-by-day battle. That's not something that... You just one and done. All right. Sometimes you have to do it on a minute to minute basis. So here's the other side of the, the spectrum. Uh, you actually do go do something else. You say, Lord, I'm tapping out of this calling. It is too hard. It takes too much time. And I just I'm probably going to go have fun doing something else. And it will be comfortable because in the society where we can insulate ourselves with so much. We can end up being desensitized to a lot of things. And you just fade to the back. There's less battles to fight. Um, one of these obviously leads to a deep and sustaining growth towards maturity in the Lord. We know which one that is. <laughs> but the other leaves you with a calling that's unattended. And let me say this. He will bring you back to it if you leave it. If it's unattended and it's his work, he'll say, okay, I'll wait. I'll just wait on you. It leaves you with a work that's unfinished. Okay? And this is where I'm getting to this title making sense. You become an avoider of the real issue in fear of failing or if it just gets too hard. There's unfinished business left in the room. And here it is. Here's where this this title bringing it all together. It leaves you with the 800-pound gorilla in the room that you don't want to deal with. I'm just going to say it. It leaves you with darkness in the corner unattended. It leaves you with that thing that is just, for whatever reason, when you step into your calling or any situation, it needs to be faced. It needs to be looked at. But what do we do? We kind of just, let me kind of just shimmy on past this thing and you can sit right there and stay right there. And oh, okay, here we are. We're good. But it's still there. It's one thing to, let me just say this. The Lord wants you to confront it today. He wants you to confront it every day. There's nothing special about today. There's nothing special about me preaching this to you. Okay. This is scripture. And we're going to get into the scripture part of it. Now what I appreciate if we jump back into Nehemiah. That these people are saying, I want to make an agreement with you, Lord. Make a covenant. That I'm going to cut off everything that I thought was necessary for me to walk with you. But in this agreement are the details of what I'm going to return to. And here's the, here's the, uh, the punch with this whole thing. Instead of leaving soccer 
and going to football just because it's easier. What the agreement could have been was here are all the things that we've done well. Lord, here's the agreement that I'm going to make with you. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to worship all day long. All right. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you 10 hours of worship and then 10 hours of reading the word and it's going to be great. Now, see, what they do is they turn to the darkness in their life. They face this 800-pound gorilla and say, here are the details upon which I'm going to get closer to you, God. The things that have caused me to fall away from you, I'm going to look them square in the eye and say, you have no more jurisdiction in my life. That's what I appreciate about this agreement. It's not the easy way out. It's, okay, I got to face my crap. I got to face the stuff that's calling me to fall away from Jesus. And I got to ask you guys this question this morning. Do you want to do that today? (laughs) It's kind of like, oh my goodness, I don't even know what I'm looking at. I don't even know what I'm looking for. I want to do it, but I don't know how. Do you want to do it today? be honest with you, because Genesis to Revelation is so real and potent every single day, he's asking you to do it every single day. Again, it's not just the personality up front saying, this might be a good idea. It's Jesus himself, God himself, asking you today to simply just be real and and face it. And then guess what? Hear those chains fall. Amen? (laughs) Come on, Jesus. You got to do something today, Lord. You got to do something today. So in studying the 10 verses and getting an understanding of the makeup of the agreement, the details of the agreement, we begin to see that the details are specific to the areas that caused the Israelites to fall away from the original. They're facing the gorilla. So let's read this. Let's let's have me stop talking about it. Let's read it. Now, in reading this, we're looking at the principle Behind these 10 verses first. Before we will get into the details of each verse. Now obviously I don't have enough time to break down each verse in its entirety. Because we'd be here for, you know, we'd probably miss the the bash. (laughs) Because we're in here talking about Nehemiah. So I'm going to read these in in principle. And next week we might be able to jump into the details of them. Because there are cross references to more of the Old Testament that I think are... Very, very important. So I'm going to read all the way through and then go back. And this is 28 through 39. And I might stop here and there. I just can't help it. Um, Now the rest of the people, the priests, this is um, Nehemiah 10, verses 28. Now the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and all those who had separated themselves from the peoples of the land to the law of God, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, all those who had knowledge and understanding, are joining with their kinsmen, their nobles, and are taking on themselves a curse and an oath to walk in God's law, which was given through Moses. God's servant, and to keep and to observe all the commandments of God our Lord and his ordinances and his statutes. And then here we go. And that they will not give our daughters to the peoples of the land or take their daughters for our sons. Apparently that was an issue. And we can see that back in the first five books of the word. 
Verse 31, as for the peoples of the land who bring wares or any grain on the Sabbath day to sell, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or a holy day, and we will forego the crops the seventh year and the exaction of every day. Debt, excuse me. This law was given in uh, Exodus 23.10. So if you want to write that, that down. You can. Verse 32, we also placed ourselves under obligation to contribute yearly one-third of a shekel for the service of the house of our God. Now, this comes out of Exodus 30, 11 through 16, and this is a financial thing. It's interesting that in the word, um, there are a ridiculous amount of scriptures that speak about money. Because the Lord doesn't want money to sit on the throne of your life. And so it's also the only thing in the Bible that the word that the Lord says test me in. You see that in Malachi. Uh, apparently, these people got away from that, and so they're saying we're returning to giving you yours. Verse thirty. Um, yes, verse thirty-three. Uh, the house of our God for the showbread, for the continual grain offering, for the continual burnt offering, the Sabbath, the new moon. Uh, for the appointed times, for the holy things, and for the sin offerings, to make atonement for Israel and all the work of the house of our God. Now, verses 34 through 37. Some good stuff here. And I want you to take note on how many times the first of something is is promised to be given back to the Lord. It says, likewise, we cast lots for the supply of wood among the priests, the Levites, and the people, so that they might bring to the house of our God according to our father's households at fixed times annually to burn on the altar of the Lord our God, as it is written in the law, returning of an order, and that they might bring the first fruits of our ground, the first fruits of all the fruit of every tree, to the house of the Lord annually, and to bring to the house of our God the firstborn. Of our sons and our cattle and the firstborn of our herds and our flocks as it is written in the law. Apparently that's hard to say for me. For the priests who are ministering in the house of our God. Verse 37. We will also bring the first of our dough, our contributions, the fruit of every tree, the new wine and the oil to the priests at the chambers of the house of our God. And the tithe of our ground to the Levites for the Levites. Are they who receive the tithes in all the rural towns? Oh, man, that's a lot of firsts. Now, you can ask yourself the question, when you wake up in the morning, do you give the Lord your first breath? Do you give him the first 10, 20, 30 hour, whatever it is that you have your quiet time? Do you give him that? Do you give him the first of your fruits when it comes to what you, what he allows you to make money wise, what he allows you to, um, produce with your hands or uh, whatever the case may be for anybody. For me, I, I go to my hands because I'm construction management guy. I just, it's just what my mind snaps to. Apparently, these people had gotten so far away from the Lord being first in so many things. That I can throw my hand up sometimes and say I can relate to that. That I have let so many other things grab my attention because I feel like they need to be first. And I'll tell you what, there's fruit of that in my life. And the fruit don't look very good. (laughs) But there is fruit when he is number one. 
and he is it. And ladies and gentlemen, there ain't nothing I feel like I can't do. Amen? It just brings you back to the fear of the Lord. So let's look at this verse 38. And this is something that we do as a church. Just want you to know that. It says, The priests, the sons of Aaron, shall be with the Levites with the Le- when the Levites receive tithes. And the Levites shall bring up the tenth of the tithe to the house of our God, to the chambers of the storehouse. Basically saying, tithing off of the tithe. Um, because we are now a part of the Apostolic Church Network, ESS Apostolic Church Network. And my dad and Rick are out starting these churches up and down I-25, and they come up underneath that umbrella. Um, that's who we tithe to. We, we, whatever you guys put in the plate, we take a tenth of that and make sure that this body, this church, that she tithes. Instead of, you know, kind of saying, oh, Lord, we don't have enough. Well, let me just say this. We don't we we can't afford not to tithe if it's all his and it comes from him and he multiplies it when we give it back to him. I can't afford not to do that corporately. And I hope you feel the same individually, whether you have two nickels to rub together or millions of dollars. If you have millions of dollars, um, my cards back on the table. Uh, you can just set up a meeting. We can talk about some things. Um, so verse 39, and the, the end of verse 39 kind of wraps this whole thing up, and I, I, I love it. It says, For the sons of Israel and the sons of Levi shall bring the contributions of the grain, the new wine, and the oil to the chambers. There are the utensils of the sanctuary, the priests who are ministering, the gatekeepers, and the singers. And then it says this. It says, Thus, we will not neglect the house of our God. The whole reason for the agreement I believe was that statement right there. We will not neglect the house of our God. Now, with so many things vying for your attention on a daily basis, the Lord needing to be the only thing and the number one thing, when you give him first of everything, it gives you eyes to see that which is not him. That which is not approved by him. It allows you to see that which is righteous. So let's talk about this 800 pound gorilla in the room. The things in your life that you need to confront. When he ends up being first. You can now more clearly see this darkness that's hanging out in the corner over there. We don't even need to call it an 800 pound gorilla. But I uh, googled what a dog whisperer does. It's like the art of communicating with a dog. Which, to be honest with you, I got two Alaska Malmutes. It's more like reasoning. It's not communicating. It's, look, man, you know, you can do this or this. You choose. Okay, you want to sit down? All right. It's cool. So kind of let them do what they want to do. I'm not telling you to have a mono, excuse me, a dialogue with this darkness that's in your life. And here's why. Because when you have a, a dialogue with that thing, it ends up getting a vote. It ends up getting a, a say in what you're doing. Because you're sitting it down and saying, look man, like I just, you, you're gross. Okay, you eat too many bananas. It's just the way you eat them. I just don't like it. Right? No, it's not that. You got to sit this thing down and say, look, you're not welcome here anymore. You have no more jurisdiction in anything that I'm doing. Because the Lord has all of it. He's first in everything. So, are you guys trucking with me this morning? 
I, I want you guys to be confident enough in who Jesus is in you to speak to anything that is robbing from you and say no more. You guys are worth way too much for that. Way too much. And as a pastor, if you don't believe it for yourself, I'll believe it for you first. And we got to believe it for each other. But at the end of the day, can't nobody make that decision but you. You have to say no to this stuff. You with me? The the gorilla whisperer. <laughs> so weird. I'm sorry. Let's get prepared for our offering. Let's bring the worship team back up. I just feel like the Lord wants to do more business with us when it comes to responding to this word consent that was given. And also responding to confronting this thing. Talking about this gorilla man, you consume too much. Well, that darkness, I want you guys to speak to it today and say, you will not consume me anymore. Now see, this isn't some crazy thing that we have to do this morning where everyone gets up and uh, crazy music and we bring out the snakes and everyone's dancing around. It's like, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> it's very simple. It takes willingness. You guys can come up here. We're going to take, take up our offering. Um, and then... Let me just pray for this. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you're doing this morning, Lord, and what you're bringing to us through the word that these people were so ready to just follow your word and follow your law and follow what you are purposing them to do. Lord, you're purposing us to do something. But sometimes we got to speak to the very thing that's separating us from you. We have to do it. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for that that child right there, Lord. I pray that we can all be like that. That you return us to the original where we have faith like a child. Father, we can just let it out. Lord, I pray that as the offering goes by that you would allow us to give joyfully and show us what it means, Lord, to just release what is already yours and get back to the original, Father, to give you and let you be first. When it comes to giving, when it comes to money, when it comes to your resources, Father. So I pray that you will bless it. Your word says to give it joyfully and not grudgingly. So Lord, I pray that nothing is given uh, grudgingly. It's all given from a place of, of knowing where it comes from. Knowing that it's yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can pass that. did this in first service I just need anybody who's a who's on leadership to just stand up real quick and Jake can I get you to stand up too for me so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have these leaders get around you guys 
maybe groups of three, four, or whatever. And what they're going to pray for is for this darkness. To pray for you guys to have the ability to see what this thing is and to speak against it. And to be able to admonish and encourage you guys that, look, you don't have to manage it anymore. You don't have to do that. did this at the beginning I feel like I gotta do it now is there anybody else who's got a word in here somebody got something <laughs> little man's got a word I know he does any any, any uh, administration for this time alright history, the enemy has represented himself as a giant of some kind. A Goliath, an ocean, death, some incurable disease, armies that so large we cannot count. The scripture is filled with impossible moments. And so if you're a leader in the room, I really just feel like God wants us to to make aware of the devil's tactics, whoever we're praying for. There's, there are oceans that can be parted. There are giants that can be slain. And that every time the enemy puffs up his chest to some massive figure, it's all a mirage. And that the impossible moments we're experiencing in our own life, addiction or our past or who we think we are or who we think we aren't, it's all a giant and it's all a lie. The truth is that Gideon, a little pipsqueak, can be a warrior. That a staff can part an ocean and that a a junior in high school can slay a giant. Because God says so. And so I just believe the administration for this time, for those of you that are praying, is to pray for the giants in people's lives. The thing that they think they could never defeat or they can never change or they can never get over. That we, We said the blood of Jesus died to slay all of those giants down. Can we just speak truth into that, into those situations? So, yeah. Amen. Alright, so I'm going to have my leaders kind of get around groups of people. and I'm going to try to do the best I can to, to get everybody. Alright? Um, but the other part of this is if you feel led to go pray for somebody else, go do it. It's not just the leaders that got to do this stuff, but I want everybody to get covered in this moment. Amen? All right. Man, this is this is what it's about right here. So I know you guys are still in it. Continue to stay in it. I'm just going to pray. Father, we thank you for what you're doing this morning. Lord, and the fact that we have the privilege to minister with each other and to each other. Whatever is happening here, Lord, I feel like it's the start of something. Continue to let it cultivate and move outside of these walls. We want to confront the mess so that we can get the promise. So we can get the the riches and glory, Father. 
So uh, I pray that everyone who leaves this room is protected and covered by the Holy Spirit. We love you, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. You guys are free to go.